0: This is the Daily Perspective Podcast for Monday, May 10th, 2021. Hi there. Mark Congleton here, your occasionally humble host for this daily dose of observation, insight, and absurdity. Hoping you and yours are doing well and that you had a good weekend. So did you have a good weekend? I hope you did. And I hope everybody's fine. Around here... There was a lot of grass mowing, weed trimming, and recovering from rubber arms. I tell you, that weed trimmer is a beast. <laughs> and I caught, caught a glimpse of myself in the doorbell camera video going back and forth, trimming weeds, thinking, God, boy, you need to lose some weight. It's a uh, <laughs> That's just how it was over the weekend. It was uh, kind of uneventful. Just, uh I kind of like it that way. And let's see, what else? Was there anything bizarre that happened? Not that I can think of, not really. It wasn't a, b- a bizarre, a, a weekend of bizarre things. It was just the usual weekend stuff. You know, you go through the same thing. So when can you mow the grass? On the weekends. When can you do the yard work? On the weekends. And we're at that time of year now where you spend most of your time mowing to fight off the weeds because the grass is really trying. It really is. It's trying to kick in. It's trying to, it's getting green. Everything's looking good, but eh, the weeds are, the weeds are happier. And uh, so what you do is you get out there and you cut the weeds and you, you spread your, your fertilizer and your weed control and all that other stuff. And uh, you just do the stuff. And that's kind of what this weekend was doing the stuff. Um, I'm trying to remember if anything happened. Dave and I were talking on the Mark and Max show over at Life Radio.fm about about occurrences over the weekend, Mother's Day. Yeah, that was yeah. Mother's Day was a thing. Mother's Day is always a thing. I'm just trying to think of anything unusual. And he had a story to tell about taking everybody out, going to going to a local uh, restaurant for Mother's Day, and them taking their order and putting it on another table. They literally put their order on someone else's table and then picked it up from that table and moved it to their table. And this is in the day of the sign on the door saying, you must wear a mask to enter this place. You must social distance. You must do all this. And they put your food down in front of a total stranger who, by the time they get to the table, they're not wearing their mask. And then they just pick it up and put it on your table. Ah, no. And then by the time they got finished, there was one of the, one of the parties at the table, never even got served, never got their food. It was just a bizarre, bizarre experience. And Dave is, actually, Dave is pretty much in the mode I think I would have been in. He's, you know, he's ready to go to the kitchen. <laughs> I don't know if I would go that far. I think I would just let my displeasure be known. I want, I want to see your manager. Yeah, please. Just, I know. Just let me see your manager. Because at that point, there is nothing, there. there's nothing short of, yeah, we'll, we'll, don't, don't, we've got this. We're going to cover your meal tonight. There's nothing short of that. That is satisfactory. In my opinion, nothing short of that. When you screw things up that badly, then, hey, this is on us. That's the only way you can recover. If you ever hope to get me back in your, in your place of business again, then that's what you better do because otherwise I'm not coming back. I'm just not. If I have to, if I have to go through two or three levels of, of, uh, of staff, To get somebody's attention who will actually pay attention to me me you're not getting my business again that's just kind of how i am because it's it okay it's the hospitality industry right that's what it's called it's the hospitality industry you i'm talking to you yeah i'm looking at you you are paying for hospitality it's not like going over aunt sue's house and saying hey how you doing and she is all hospitable and pulls out the pound cake and the sweet tea and all of that other stuff. That's no, that's hospitality. That's natural, heartfelt hospitality. You're paying for hospitality in these places and doggone it, you'd better get it because you're paying for it. It's a financial transaction. It's called capitalism. You pay for something you expect the product or service in return for your payment. And if they don't deliver, then they should find some way to adjust on your behalf. If they want to keep you coming back. And that's just the way I look at it. We didn't have that kind of a weekend. We, uh, we had a little family get together yesterday, kind of a combination mother's day and a birthday. Niece Deborah was having a birthday. And, uh, and so it was the usual. <laughs> and plus her, I love my niece Deborah so much. She's, uh, she's got two precious little kids. And, uh, uh there's a uh, Gates is the boy. He's the oldest. And then there's Millie Kate, the little girl. And they're both, they're both little, 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 little running around screaming, you know, little. And, uh, And and the boy had been fighting off a nap. He just, he wouldn't lay down that afternoon. It's late. Is he getting into the evening? And he's, and if you're a parent, you're a grandparent, you know, the signs they're just, they're just, they're pushing hard. They're pushing really, really hard because they've got to keep moving to stay awake because if they get still, they're gone (laughs) and they know it and they don't want to No, must stay awake. Oh, don't keep me. No, I won't go to sleep. And so it's that kind of a thing. And so, Gates bless his heart. He's just the boy. He's just out of his mind. He's just like, ah, he's, he's on, he's got the pedal to the floor. He's going as hard as he can. And whenever he hits a speed bump, he has a meltdown. And that's just the nature. That's just it. No hard feelings, not angry, not, no, it's just, I'm actually kind of laughing in the background. (laughs) I get to go home to the dog, you know, (laughs) I've been through this. I don't have to go through this again. And <laughs> at one point, at one point, I'm not kidding. I'm not making this up. At one point, I'm in the kitchen. I'm filling a glass with ice. I'm getting myself something to drink, and uh, I hear behind me. Oh no! Don't sit there. That's no. He'll have a. He will. He will lose his cookies. He'll have a come apart. He's like Sheldon, and that's his spot. You can't sit there. <laughs> so I'm not, that's not an exaggeration. <laughs> That's exactly what I heard. He's like Sheldon and that is is his spot. You can't sit there. (laughs) And I would think, especially with the pushing through the, no, I am not taking a nap mode, that it would have been an even bigger come apart. There would have been cookies lost everywhere. Anyway, it was a good time. Uh, Andrew, uh, Deb's hubby made some great ribs, and he's he's, he's a humble guy. So I they they should be better. And I am like, oh, shut up! They're fine. They're the only way they could have been better is if you you know done one of the two things, which you are not going to do for you know this kind of thing. You are not in a competition. Just you know, they were great. In fact, I want some now. <laughs> but that was pretty much it for the weekend for us. We we wrapped the weekend up and uh, and uh, settled in. The rain came pouring down and. We had a nice Sunday evening, uh, full bellies, fighting to stay awake, and finally just gave up uh, last night and went to sleep. And that's, that was kind of our weekend. I hope yours was a good one, too. I really do. Because you should have good weekends. You should, you should as I encourage you on a regular basis, you should disconnect. You should unplug. You should uh, go to the quiet, and you should spend time with the people who are the most important to you. You have to do that to maintain your sanity because the world around us is insisting on not just being insane but shoving its insanity in our faces it's just it's just nuts what's going on around us it used to be that we used to just shake our heads and move along and i don't think we can nowadays people won't let us just shake our heads and move on they insist on well they insist on just they insist on shoving their lunacy into our faces and demanding that we pay attention to them. And so you need to, whenever you can, you need to unplug. And I suggest that you unplug from social media for an entire weekend, an entire week, a month. I guarantee you that if you stopped going to Twitter, to Facebook, to Instagram, to whatever you have as your social media outlet, if you stop going there for a month, your world would change. Your world would change if you stop doing that because odds are if you do, that's also where you get your news. And if you cut off social media and you stop, you stop listening to the national news, the news stations, your entire world, everything in your perspective would change because you would be connected with life itself, not filtered through those outlets. We should all disconnect from time to time. I really do believe we should. And the fact that we are so dependent and so connected, it puts us right into the crosshairs so that those who want to feed us information, which keeps us on edge, who keeps us off balance. It keeps us, um, it, it keeps us nervous and exhausted. Uh, or as a friend of mine used to say, fine, whenever I'd say, she'd say, how are you? I'd say, I'm fine. Uh-huh. Fine. That stands for frustrated, irritated, nervous, and exhausted. So how are you really? (laughs) And she was right. So I, I, I had to come to grips with that. And I think we all do. So if you cut off those sources of, of the junk and focus on what's most important, then you, your entire perspective about everything is going to change. Um, I'm, I'm looking for something because I want to get it right from the source. um, Let's see here. I got to find it. I got to find it. I got to find it. I know it's right here. It's right here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There it is. Um, it, and it goes back to the source of truth. It goes back to uh, the Bible, and it say, the which says in Philippians chapter 4, verse 8, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything else or anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. And I know you may not be one who has a religious foundation. You may not, you may not uh, be a person of faith, but can you argue with this? Can you? Look at it this way. Filter everything in your life, all of the information coming to you, through these, these requirements. It has to be true. It has to be noble. It has to be right. Right. Ask yourself, is it true, is it noble, is it right, is it pure, is it lovely, is it admirable, is it excellent, is it worthy of your praise? Think about that. Filter everything in your life through that filter and you'll begin to have a better perspective on life. And I think the first step in doing something like that is to shut down social media for a while. Just stop. I use social media for, for gathering show notes, information, things to talk about. I've I've got things all geared to that purpose. So it's delivered to me through my social media accounts. And it's one way that I can get direct to sources, to people in the news and not through the news organizations themselves. And I also use social media to tap those news sources so that the stories they're highlighting come to me through my social media accounts. And that's one purpose for social media. The second purpose for social media is for marketing. I use it for marketing, for liferadio.fm, for the Mark and Max show, for things like that. I use social media for marketing. Why? Well, for the same reason everybody's hitting you with advertising on social media, because that's where everybody is. They're on social media every day. So I'm marketing through social media. And finally, for contact with friends and family. That's one way. I mean, that's one thing. If if your social media was just your friends and your family, and that's all you were using it for, to stay in touch with your friends and your family, then you could just shut it off and text each other. So why do you need social media? Think about it. I'm just saying. Social media is a toxic, toxic place. And it's kind of funny to see when an organization who has decided to embrace wokeness is upset with social media because it gets blowback. Starbucks is a good example. They're reported to be considering leaving Facebook because of the tone of comments left on their posts about social issues and racial justice. Now here's the thing. If you're in business, you're in business to make money. That's the big thing. You should be there to make your bucks. That's why you're in business when you mix business with social activism you set yourself up for negative responses, negative feedback. So if you run a behemoth of a coffee company and you decide to become an advocate for a certain lifestyle everybody who disagrees with you is going to let you know about it. And then when you don't you don't take into consideration the fact that a lot of people may not agree with you and you stand firm in your beliefs and they keep telling you no that's not how we are you should probably listen to them or you're going to lose business but maybe that's just me Seventies, seventies thing here. I, I don't understand. Ah. <laughs> yeah, this morning before we got started here, I was uh, working on something. I'd made a note while we were uh, while we were doing the Mark and Max show over at Life Radio. FM, and it was something I needed to add to my TV themes page. I've got all these things. That could come in handy from time to time. You know, as an example, there's, there's, you know, there's the Twilight Zone theme. Yeah, there's one of them. There's, there's the X-Files theme. That could come in handy every now and then. You never know. Uh-oh. Star Trek. Every now and then, we'll start talking about old game shows. and okay, the old match game theme a couple of times the old uh, TV show The Banana Splits. Now, if you're my age, you may remember The Banana Splits. So, that's come up on on the show a couple of times and I thought, you know what, I need to throw that in there. And because... All right, I'm done. It's uh, and because we're old, both old radio guys, we and we both we've seen every single episode of uh of a particular TV show. This one had to be thrown into the mix this morning. And so If you wondered it's WKRP in Cincinnati. And if if you've never seen it, look it up. Go on YouTube and look up WKRP in Cincinnati. Cincinnati WKRP. And you will see. I mean, just to watch a few episodes. It's it is really honestly as goofy as it is, it's what life is really like at times around radio stations. Or it was in those days. But then I had to put it together. Here we go. I'm a WKRP in Cincinnati. So that's what I. Was, you can't get just that, except for this old, old grungy mono, nasty sounded like it was recorded on a TV speaker version. And I, so I had to find. I found the original, the the full length song, and then made the TV intro edit out of it, and then did this as well. WKRP in Cincinnati. Just so I've got that, that there to use, and that's what I was thinking of. And that, in that, the bumper music, the '70s disco bumper music, made me think of that. So, so, there's my thing. Okay, back to social media and the oddity that is social media and how and how it affects us just very quickly. And this is going back to Starbucks. I was talking about Starbucks before the break and about how uh, they've, they're thinking about leaving Facebook because they can't handle all the negative feedback. Mm, yeah, Facebook employees reportedly wrote that Starbucks is in the process of evaluating their organic presence on Facebook and whether they should continue to have a presence on the platform at all. The comments went on to say that Starbucks experienced overwhelmingly negative, insensitive, hate speech related comments on such posts. You know, the ones when they're getting socially active they're when they get woke online. Most people in America, the majority of people in America look at this whole wokeness thing, raise an eyebrow and say, "Yeah, well, that's nuts. You know, that's that's kind of how we all look at it. I, and trust me, it is most Americans. You are not in the minority. I know it feels like you are in the minority, but you are not. You are a normal, right-thinking, sane person who sees the world as it actually is. All of this wokeness, all of this advocacy for certain groups, all of this the uh, awareness, it's just a smokescreen for socialist activity. It's a Marxist method for changing your mind about the way the world is working around you so that you will be more amenable to change when they have finally broken things down enough to demand change. And this is the reason for all of this. It's all it is. And no, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. If you've listened to me for any amount of time, you know, I'm not. I'm that guy that says you bigfoot, right? I am. I am not a conspiracy theorist, but I see things very plainly. And I, and I have to admit that some of it is because I am, I was born in 1957. I have enough years behind me. I have enough road mileage to recognize BS when I see it and I have enough mileage to recognize socialist propaganda when I see it. And we're seeing a lot of it nowadays, especially on social media, which is why another reason you should drop it now. Should Starbucks remove its page from the social media platform, it would be one of the largest company to do so, but not the first. Elon Musk pulled SpaceX and Tesla Facebook pages in 2018 after he was challenged to do so on Twitter as part of the delete Facebook campaign. While the companies remained on Instagram, Instagram is owned by Facebook, by the way, the pages were never reactivated on Facebook. Discussion over Starbucks decision to remove its page from Facebook comes just months after more than 500 brands, including Starbucks, temporarily pulled their advertising from Facebook as part of a stop hate for profit boycott campaign. Starbucks spokesperson Sanja Gould wouldn't confirm whether the company was planning to delete its Facebook page saying, quote, while some changes have been implemented, we believe more can be done to create welcoming and inclusive online communities. I'm going to come back to that. I, I, I'm going to come back to that. Facebook spokesperson Danny Lever also says that Facebook works with their clients around the world on various issues. And as this post shows, they're working with them to keep hate off their pages. Last year, Starbucks, Starbucks faced backlash for not allowing employees to wear clothing that showed support for Black Lives Matter at work but has been known for posting about social issues on their social media platforms, including on topics like BLM, LGBTQ issues, and climate change. Now let's go back up here to what they had to say. While some changes have been implemented, we believe more can be done to create welcoming and inclusive online communities. As long as you agree with their position, they are welcoming and inclusive. If you don't, then you're the guilty party. You're the hateful person. You are the one to blame for the problems. If you won't conform, then you are evil. They believe more can be done to create welcoming and inclusive online communities. That's a lie. They don't believe in inclusivity. They don't believe in being welcoming. Unless you conform to their worldview. So, this is nothing but promotional BS. That's all it is. And Starbucks, the home of over-roasted coffee, is suffering for making a stupid business decision. And that stupid business decision is to become Advocates on social media for certain causes. And I know they believe that this portrays them as welcoming, open, and sensitive to the needs of certain members of our society. But when it all boils down, if I may use a cooking term, when it all boils down, it comes to one thing. And that is the bottom line. And Starbucks will do what benefits the bottom line when it comes down to the bottom line. If they believe that it's helpful for them to be inclusive and embrace the psychologically challenged views of the woke, then they will do so. But if it ever becomes obvious to them that it's costing them more money, it won't be worth it to them to be woke anymore and they will they will seek out other avenues so if you enjoy Starbucks coffee good for you I don't but good for you I would encourage you to find a way to let them know you would like to continue enjoying their coffee but you don't feel right about spending money with a company. That is not wise enough to understand that alienating potentially most of its customers by advocating support for a Marxist, uh, a Marxist propaganda group like BLM and the, the Marxist socialist tool that is the LGBTQ movement, that you see them for those movements for what they really are and you would prefer not to help fund a company which helps fund organizations which are focused on undermining and destroying the nation you love. There's no sense in providing them the money to do that when you could simply go somewhere else. And trust me, today, there are a lot more sources for overcooked coffee than just one. I would encourage you to seek them out. And possibly learn how to make good coffee yourself. It's possible. And trust me, when you've had freshly roasted, freshly ground coffee cooked the right way, you'll never go back. What's with all the 70s stuff today? Alright, well then. It's the Daily Perspective Podcast, about halfway through this Monday edition. Thank you so much for being here. I appreciate you being here every day. If you're new to the podcast, welcome aboard. If you'd like to hear more of this kind of stuff, well, you can always go over to, uh, and if you like music, liferadio.fm, check that out liferadio.fm hey and if you've been listening for a while you know i've told you the story about trying to get music licensing for the station processed and the difficulty i've had and i finally got that solved friday it finally all fell into place friday friday night and <laughs> it's just been it's been insane when we get through here today when i get through processing everything i've got to get done here today i'll be going right back into that again and uh, and taking care of the loose ends there um this i i have to have proof of music licensing in order to get uh the ios the iphone app for the radio station uh finished they have to have that proof okay well then you have licensing we'll, we'll go ahead and move forward and i have to get i have to provide that proof and I have for a solid month been going back and forth with this, this sole organization who manages music licensing and royalty fees for the web. I've been working with those people for a month trying to get answers from these people and why they won't accept a, a credit card. I've been trying to use an American express card. There is no set limit. There is no issue with using it to pay this particular thing. There should not be. I have, several times tried to pay these people and gone to my, uh, American express account. And there are no flags. There's no, Hey, you tried, did you try to run this amount? There's nothing, there's no warnings. There's no notes. There's no nothing. So something has been wrong with their credit card processing system at this place for a while. And they finally said, Hey, eh, well, send us a check. That was their answer. There's nothing wrong on our end. Send us a check. And I firmly believe since Friday night, I decided to transfer funds, move some things around and put the cash in my personal checking account and I use my personal debit card and it went through. I think they fixed a problem and just don't just won't admit it. I mean, you stop and think about it. This is a company responsible for funneling royalties to writers and artists and they have an issue with processing those funds. They're not going to admit it anyway. That's done, and so today I get to work on that end of, of life as as a, the owner of a radio station. Thank you very much. Well, the energy, energy secretary in the Biden administration is talking about gas prices, and I know you have noticed that since uh, the election, gas prices have gone up a lot, a lot. In some places, more than 50 cents. In some places, more than 70. In some places, nearly a dollar. It depends on where you are. The prices have changed. There are a handful of reasons for that. Supply is an issue. The, uh, the supply chain is another issue, and not just the pipeline. And we talked about this last week, I believe it was last week, about how uh, CDL drivers who, who carry gasoline, these guys who drive the tanker trucks, they have to have special you know they have to have special licensing to do that. Those guys, during the pandemic were pretty much out of work people weren't traveling, people weren't buying gas. And those guys were looking for other things to do. They were driving trucks for Amazon, all kinds of things. And a lot of them, because they are older, just said, ah, hang it. I'm retiring and they're gone. And so now you've got gas tanker truckers in they need gas tank drivers, tank truck drivers. They just, and, and that's one of the things they can't deliver. And when more and more of us are getting out on the road in the summer, that's going to be a problem. You're going to start finding more and more gas stations that don't have gas. People are already finding that. Now, well, Energy Secretary Jennifer Granholm is blaming the pandemic for gas prices going up. Since President Joe Biden took office on January 20th, the national average gas prices have soared more than 50 cents. As of Friday, it stood at nearly $3 per gallon, $2.96. That's the average the ab- well the average was 238 per gallon when Biden took office and 211 per gallon on election day last year in our area it was 189 regular unleaded was 189 now it's like 275 CNN anchor Jake Tapper confronted Grandholm Friday about skyrocketing gas prices asking the former Michigan Democratic governor whether high energy prices will slow down the post pandemic Uh, economic recovery he asked beyond whatever whether you think whether or not you think your policies are to blame are you worried that the prices could impact whether or not Americans travel which is of course needed to put money back into the economy in response Granholm suggested an out-of-control COVID-19 virus is to blame for the higher prices at the pump quote people need to travel you're right but we need to get the virus under control first we need to get that 70%. We need that to get that herd immunity. Why have gas prices gone up? Could it be because the virus itself as well? Everything's tied together. So I just want to say this administration is totally focused on getting this virus under control, which means the economy will get under control and then investing in the nation so that we can go big on America. Hmm. Did you notice she asked two questions? She rephrased the question. Into other questions. Why have gas prices gone up? And then could that be because of the virus itself as well? Well, that's not what he asked. But she reframed the question. Ironically, her remark about herd immunity comes after the New York Times published a story suggesting herd immunity in the United States isn't probable, no longer probable for the United States. While typical culprits such as refinery maintenance and converting to summertime blends are partly to blame for the surge in gas prices. You know, gas prices always go up in the summer. As people travel, they raise the prices. Oil expert David Blackman recently explained in Forbes, the Biden administration's policies are also a major contributor. He wrote this, Since last November 3rd, the average price per gallon of regular gasoline in the U.S. has skyrocketed by 75 cents. The markets clearly see the Biden-Harris administration as one that will work to inhibit U.S. oil production, which will also have the effect of tightening the global market, and traders have responded by driving up the price of crude oil. He explained, President Biden's day-one executive orders to cancel the cross-border permit for the Keystone XL pipeline and suspend the program for oil and gas leasing on federal lands and waters were just initial shots across the bow. His order to raise the estimate for the social cost of carbon by over 70, 700 percent, I should say, 700 percent will inevitably result in regulatory actions that will raise the cost of producing oil in the United States, as will the coming effort by the Biden EPA to convince the courts to allow it to regulate carbon as a criteria pollutant, a topic he said he would address in more detail in coming days. He goes on to say all of these actions and more will come to increase will more to come will increase the costs of not just oil and gasoline, but all forms of non-renewable energy for consumers will make the country increasingly reliant on foreign oil imports and thus will render the country less energy secure than before. These outcomes are entirely predictable and are in fact features of the Biden-Harris plan, which is in part designed to make Electric vehicles and renewables more competitive by raising the cost of fossil fuels and other more traditional forms of energy. That's not a value judgment. It's just reality. Now, remember, he said that's a feature. They are features. These outcomes are entirely predictable and are in fact features of the plan, not a bug, not a an unfortunate side effect. They are a feature of the plan. You see. What this guy is saying is that these delusional leftists who are in charge of our government today believe that in order to make electric vehicles more competitive, they have to price standard fueled vehicles out of existence. So they want to make it so expensive to drive a regular gasoline or diesel powered automobile or truck. That it is more attractive to buy an electric vehicle. And this delusion, and it is a delusion, comes from the insistence that moving to electricity is better for the environment. Why is it a delusion? It's a delusion because over 60%, is it 66%? It's well over 60% of all electricity in America today is produced by burning coal. Coal. Yes, I know there's a lot of hydroelectric in America. There's a little bit of nuclear, but most of it is from coal-burning plants. Coal is actually worse than petrochemicals. the environment. They don't want you to think about that. They just have a plan and they want to fulfill the plan. And they are BSing everyone to such a high degree that they're going to push forward with the plan even though it's a ridiculous and idiotic plan. And this is typical for people in politics. We're actually doing something. Really? What are you doing? We're we're painting all the rocks in the world white. We're going to reduce the heat. We're painting everything as much as we can. We're painting it white. So where's the scientific study that says this is all where we have studies ongoing and the the preliminary outcomes indicate that things, that this looks like a good plan and we're going to press forward with this plan. And then we find out 20 years later that painting everything white actually killed off all the, the, a bunch of different species and changed the environment because certain plants didn't have what they need. And, and because of idiocy, Jumping onto the bandwagon just because it's important to look like government is doing something on behalf of the people. It doesn't matter whether or not that doing something something is actually making any difference. They are doing something. We find out later that everything they did needs to be fixed, which takes us back to policy after policy after policy put forward by leftist government. This policy is intended to fix the problems caused by a previous policy. And that's all they do. They propose they propose solutions which create problems and then they propose solutions to fix the problems they created with their previous solutions and it's a never ending circle that keeps repeating and the people just aren't paying enough attention to realize these bozos are pedaling around in circles on the big tricycle at the clown show. This is all they're doing. Look busy. The people are watching. Actually. That should be put on the signs going into Washington, D.C. The, co- the district's motto, look busy, people are watching. And hence, we have all of these people walking around with clipboards looking busy. But they're really not doing anything. They're having committee meetings. They're discussing things. They're probing things. They're looking into things. They're doing studies. And everything they do makes matters worse. The things you learn when you're paying attention. It's the Daily Perspective podcast. We're talking about blaming uh, gas prices going up on COVID. Stick with COVID here for a minute or so, shall we? There's a big cruise company, Norwegian Cruise Lines. They're saying that they may be avoiding Florida ports, ports in Florida, because of the state's vaccine passport ban. ban. You know, um, Governor Ron DeSantis said, no, he's, no, we will not, we will not abide by that here in Florida. That's Norwegian President and Chief Executive Officer Frank J. Del Rio told reporters last Thursday during an earnings call for the first quarter of 2021 the following, quote, But at the end of the day, cruise ships have motors, propellers, and rudders, and God forbid we can't operate in the state of Florida for whatever reason. Then there are other states we can that we do operate from, and we can operate from the Caribbean for ships that otherwise would have gone to Florida. He said all cruise companies want to operate in Florida because the market's lucrative hoped that uh, the disputes over the vaccine passport can be solved. He said, we hope that this hasn't become a legal football or a political football. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis codified the prohibition of COVID-19 vaccine passports by signing Florida Senate Bill 2006 into law on May 3rd. He initiated the ban through an executive order back in August. The new law will become effective on July 1st. Florida Senate Bill 2006 prohibits a business entity from requiring patrons or customers to provide documentation certifying vaccination against or recovery from COVID-19. It also forbids governments and schools from requiring vaccination proof. DeSantis, a Republican widely regarded as a potential 2024 presidential candidate, strongly advocated for the reopening of the cruise industry and repeatedly criticized the CDC for not doing it. However, the new law may potentially create disputes between the Florida government and the cruise companies as the letter intends to require the latter intends to require all crew members and passengers to be vaccinated. The Norwegian CEO said, I think everyone should be wanting to start cruising in the safest possible manner, and that's exactly what the new Norwegian cruise line holdings plan does 100% vaccination of both crew and passengers. For the life of me, I don't understand 98% and not 100%. The company will require full vaccination even if the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention and other cruise companies choose not to, he says. The Biden administration, uh, the Biden administration said in March that they're not creating COVID-19 vaccine passports, but officials are working with private companies to set guidelines for systems which people can use to show proof they've been vaccinated. Uh, We won't have an official government issued one, but we will help you set something up so that you can do the same thing through your business. COVID-19 was first reported in Wuhan City back in December 2019, just as a point of reference there. And here's the thing. My wife and I were talking about this. My wife, Jane, sweetest woman in the world, we were talking about this the other day, and I said, "Yeah, yeah, this is happening with Norwegian cruise lines. You can expect others to follow. And the reasoning is that the cruise industry was hit pretty hard several years ago when they had issues with people catching communicable diseases and turning cruise ships into floating, basically, vomit buckets. People were so sick. They were so sick while they were cruising that, When my wife and I, we've been on a handful of cruises. Anytime you step on board, hand sign it, there's hand sanitizer everywhere. You pass by through a doorway, there's a hand sanitizer dispenser. You pass, go to dinner, and the people at the doors greeting you as you come in are squirting hand sanitizer in your hands. They want to make sure that everybody's hands are sanitized before they go into the restaurants. They want to make sure everybody is 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 germ free because of those previous incidents so they are understandably paranoid about germs on their ships i mean face it you're in a little closed environment with all these people on board a ships sailing around on the ocean people are going to get sick and they're going to spread their sickness so norwegian crows cruise, cruise lines decides well we're not going back to florida if they won't let us have the assurance that everybody coming on board has been, been vaccinated, we're not going to Florida. We're going to require everybody who works for us to be vaccinated and anybody who comes on board has to prove they're being vaccinated. And I expect every other cruise line will follow that example because of what's happened to them in the past and the fact that we all remember That last year, it was a cruise ship that wandered the world with people on board, exposed to COVID, and not allowed to go into any port. That was in the news. And we all tie cruise ships and COVID together because of this. So, these people, these companies, and their legal departments are saying, until we can guarantee this is not going to happen again, you're not getting on board one of our ships without concrete proof that you have been vaccinated. So if you are hoping to go on a cruise, but you'd rather not be vaccinated, I suggest you buy a canoe. And let's wrap up with something that I think is is a sign of the times and it's disturbing. The office of Baltimore City's state attorney, Marilyn Mosby. That should be a familiar name to you, considering what's happened in Baltimore. Her office filed a complaint with federal regulators last week asking the government to intervene over press coverage which is not favorable towards Marilyn Mosby. In a letter sent to the Federal Communications Commission, Mosby's office claimed that WBFF-TV, the Baltimore Fox affiliate, is guilty of committing, quote, heinous acts and deliberately dangerous activities by pushing or publishing negative stories about Marilyn Mosby. Zy Richardson, communications director for Mosby's office, called the coverage extremely dangerous. In my capacity at the state's attorney's office, I've noted that the news coverage of the WBFF persistently shows a disconcerting and dangerous pattern. Beginning with a slanted rigged misleading or inflammatory headline followed by a conspiracy theory and supported with guest commentary from disgruntled ex employees or political opponents that tend that lend false credibility to their bias coverage or omission of facts. Most disturbingly, there appears to be an inter- intentional crusade against the state's attorney uh, against state's attorney Mosby, which given today's politically charged and divisive environment is extremely dangerous. You know, he could have been describing MSNBC or CNN because that's exactly what's going on there. The letter goes on to complain that WBFF reports on Mosby more than other local Baltimore news stations and then took shots at Fox News and Tucker Carlson. Quote, in the public sphere, Fox News is infamous for its bias against people of color. See, he makes it about race. It becomes an emotional issue rather than a rational issue at this point. Moving on. And even more against those who could be deemed progressive people of color. Currently, the Fox National News Network airs a nightly show with Tucker Carlson, despite recent calls by civil rights groups to terminate his employment because of Carlson's frequent endorsements of white supremacy views. So the letter states, this, of course, is a lie. Because that's what leftists do. The letter cites six stories as evidence of distorted coverage. The stories report on Mosley's policies, crime and dark money. Richardson claimed the, WB, the claimed WBFS overall news coverage is a megaphone that amplifies, encourages and provides fodder for racists and claimed Mosby's office respects the First Amendment but said that WBFS stories have a stench of racism. See, it's because everything is racist. Everything. Everything is racist it has to be in order to whip up emotion so that people will stop thinking and examining the facts quote the in the public sphere fox news is infamous for its bias against people of color and even more against those who could be deemed progressive people of color yeah yeah you you've heard all this this is just it's it's insane it's a lie it's it's not credible they can't support it with fact they just have to make Emotional statements, emotionally based statements in order to get people angry so they won't look at the facts. Now, Billy Robbins, he's the vice president and general manager of WBFF, said the news station stands by its coverage. Good for him. Quote, WBFF is committed to journalism in the public interest with its award winning investigative unit being a key part of delivering on that commitment. While we understand that it's not popular with the individuals and institutions upon which we are shining a light, we stand by our reporting. Richard Vats, who taught media criticism at Towson University, told WBFF the letter, the letter that which was sent to the FCC, is one of the clearest, most despicable examples of intimidation. It's clearly an abuse of power. The Media Institute, a nonpartisan First Amendment advocacy organization, similarly. Similarly, denounced the letter, saying this matter is especially egregious because the television station holds a broadcast license issued by the FCC. It is obvious that freedom of the press would cease to be a reality for local broadcasters if every government official who received coverage perceived as unfavorable exerted a chilling effect on local TV news coverage by calling for an FCC investigation that could, if even remotely, imperil a stations broadcast license so said the media institute in their statement and that's 100 percent correct and what what marilyn mosby is trying to do and her leftist cohorts in government in baltimore is to create a chilling effect to frighten others who might tell the truth about what they're doing into silence study the history of socialist slash communist nations and you will see this has happened every time shutting down the truth so that they continue can continue to tell lies is fundamentally important to a socialist takeover and that's it for today god bless you have a good one let's get together again for the next edition of the daily perspective podcast bye-bye oh we're uh we're done